Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Chapter by Chapter, a podcast where we cover a variety of games for a variety of eras and a variety of genres. I am your resident podcaster, Ethan, and we're still continuing our long, 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 long journey through the Kanto region, so that means that Weekon is still here. Yes, I'm here for this very... Uh, thorough retrospective slash journey of <laughs> yes. Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow. Slash so. guidebook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so last time we just entered Saffron City after spilling the tea to the guards and now uh, they must have been so desperate for some fluids that they've agreed to share one portion of tea amongst the four of them. So you get to Saffron City, uh, you notice there's not a lot of people about, there's just Team Rocket Grunts about. Uh, we covered the Fighting Dojo because that's that and the Pokemon Center and the Pokemon are the only buildings you really have access to at the moment. Uh, so to basically open up Saffron City you need to drive out Team Rocket and Team Rocket are concentrated in Silphco. Yeah, so Team Rocket has taken over the Silphco building, which is probably how Giovanni had the Silphscope when you beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we gotta go in there and we gotta beat the army of rockets that are in there Yeah. in order to help the director of the Silphco. Yeah. Uh, now, Silphco is... Personally, I think Silphco is like one of the biggest dungeons in the whole of Pokemon because it's something like 11 floors and... No other Pokemon dungeon or anything has had eleven floors. Yeah, the so this section of the game is probably the longest section because yeah, you're right. It is eleven floors that are all full of full of battles. So you're going to be doing a lot of battles in this building. Yeah, because I think it has at least like four or five people that you have to fight. So. Yeah. That's a lot of trainers to go to. Yeah, I was going to say, it's something like five grunts on each floor. And, like, yeah, you can avoid some of them depending on where they're positioned. But, like, generally there will be some you can't avoid. So it's going to be 11 battles at least. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's if you're lucky and you only battle, like, one person on every floor. Although I think the last floor has two required battles, but... It's, there's some like over 50 trainers in this building. Yeah, but it's good because it's experience. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of good experience, and because of mostly rocket grunts, you're going to be fighting a lot of the same Pokemon. So mm. you're going to be fighting a lot of drivers. You're going to fight a lot of coughings. Probably going to fight a lot of like Zubats and Golbats, and just a lot of poison types. So yeah. Uh... Yeah, so like you said, a lot of poison types, a lot of sort of the Pokemon you've really encountered from Team Rocket uh, throughout your journey. So a similar team, psychic types, extremely useful, but also extremely hard to find because they're extremely overpowered in this generation. Uh, so we'll go through Silphco floor by floor. Uh, luckily, I'll take the first floor because there's nothing on there, so I'll be able to handle this one. <laughs> Uh, so the first floor is like the entrance area. It just literally has a desk and the elevator and the stairs to the other floors. But as soon as you hit the second floor, things get uh, heated. So why don't you take us through the second floor? Okay, yep. So the second floor here has... Uh, it's it's a pretty big area that's mostly open. Um, it's got a couple rocket grunts 
Um, and it also has a class that I don't know if we've talked about them yet, which is the scientists. Yeah, we haven't. I couldn't remember if scientists were in the building or not. So we'll take this moment to... Well, no, I think we did discuss scientists because we said like how they usually use uh, electric sort of... I mean, we'll just go over it again just in case. Uh, le- uh, scientists... Yeah. I I think we talked about the uh, the super nerd, which is not to be confused with the scientist that they are talking about. Yeah, uh, super nerd is like the childish version of the scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what kind of Pokemon do scientists use? Um. So the scientists, I think these scientists generally because they are like technically rocket grunts since they're in the building helping them mm-hmm. uh they do have poison types but they do also have like electric types i think they mostly have electric types like like magnemite or like Voltorb. yeah uh, um, are generally what you've been running into with them yeah uh again uh these sort of scientists are pretty heavily implied they work for team rocket so they do generally use Pokemon that Team Rocket commonly use, but they do sort of spice in some of their own from time to time. Uh, so, what do we have on the second floor in terms of layout? What do we need to do? How do we progress? What can we do? Because parts of Silph Clo are blocked off. Yeah, yeah, so the second floor, um, albeit there's a couple trainers here, um, there are some electric doors that you can't open. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are two rooms that you can't get into yet. Um, And then uh, the second floor is also where you realize that there are these like little warp tiles, um, which are going to be a big part of of this building. Yes, uh, warp tiles, the thing that pretty much everyone hates. I mean, personally, I hate warp tiles. I hate the idea of them. Uh, And sort of like from a realistic perspective they make absolutely no sense like what the hell uh so i have strong feelings about warp tiles uh and i just don't like them i just feel like they are quite a cheap way to like they're a cheap way to sort of prolong an area like prolong a dungeon yeah just because warp tiles can make things really confusing as to like where they bring you and then remembering which one brings you where mm-hmm. it, it just uh it seems just like an annoying way to elongate a dungeon yeah uh yeah so uh and it's like i'm pretty sure that you need to do uh use warp tiles to get to the end of the dungeon i mean you almost definitely have to but anyway so first floor you are sort of blocked not first floor second floor you are blocked off in regards to the areas that you can go so moving on to the third floor can we do anything on here um not too much it's pretty much the same as the second floor in which there are rooms that you cannot access um and then there are also rocket grunts and more war tiles mm-hmm. and that's the like the general like setup of like every floor is that they have grunts they have doors that you need a key for and there's a lot of warp tiles um so unfortunately that is the most annoying part of the dungeon is that you have to figure out the warp tiles in order to progress through it mm-hmm. or to like get and um 
but there's all kinds of like various items and grunts everywhere that are good experience mm-hmm. um but unfortunately the tiles are really just trial and error to see where they bring you yeah uh which is a shame uh so third floor as we said uh Restricted in, as we said before, restricted in terms of movement. So, moving on to the fourth floor. Alright, let's see here. So, yeah, the fourth floor. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of the same. But, like, yeah. really, the only way you be able to actually see progress, aside from just wandering around and fighting grunts, um, is that there is a card key that you have to find, yeah. which is actually on the fifth floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, let's just... I was gonna, going back with opening doors. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, uh, like, let's just skip ahead to the floor that the card key is on, which turns out to be the fifth floor, so that's fabulous. So let's go to the fifth floor. Yeah, if you, um, yeah so the fifth floor is uh, the one um, that isn't too open, but it is the one where you will find the card key, which will allow you to go back and open up, like, the previous doors. Yeah. So that way, and, uh, actually start making more progress in here. Yeah. And open up more work files for you to guess with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, would you... Uh, like, I know some people would maybe skip getting the card on the fifth floor and, like, go throughout the rest of the building and sort of explore the areas that are open and then come back and do all the doors. Uh, personally, what I like to do is I like to just get the card as soon as possible and then just be able to explore every floor in its entirety. So do you do the same or do you do something um, different? Generally, what I did when playing through this is that I would, um, I would go to every floor without the card and fight the trainers. Mm-hmm. And then like when I get the card, I would still keep going up and I would go back and then open all the doors. <laughs> like all the trainers that are available first. And then I would go back to the second floor with the card and I would just start opening up all the doors for areas I couldn't go to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So each to their own realistically, as long as you, uh, Realistically, as long as you do actually get through the building eventually, then, like, as long as you do eventually get the card and, like, go back and go through everything, you really won't miss anything. Uh, but, so, is there anything, now that we have the card, is there anything of note on floors 2 to 4? Uh, let's see. Um, so, on the second floor... When you use one of the cards, there's a woman standing in a corner, <laughs> and if you talk to her, she'll give you the TM for self-destruct. Uh-huh. And I don't know what exactly they're implying with that. But... <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that they hide on the second floor is that there's some lady who, <laughs> I, I don't know what she was doing, but she gives you the TM for self-destruct. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, again, no idea what that could possibly mean. Uh, slightly concerning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, but there are some, uh, uh, some, one item that you do obtain in this area that's actually on the fourth floor is a max revive, which is 
probably one of the best items in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do not get many. You can't buy them. Yeah. Um, and I think there's only, I want to say there's only like two or three in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, max. Yeah. Um, that's a very good and useful item that you can obtain on the fourth in this area. Yeah, uh, so very rare item, definitely don't miss it. Uh, do the items still stay spawned when you drive Team Rocket out of the tower, or is this like your one chance to grab them? Um, no, all the items will stay here, so you are able to go through the whole building mm-hmm. and like clear on Team Rocket, and you can still go back and get anything, so nothing goes away. Yeah, so... If that's all for the second and four, second, third, and fourth floor, which are all complete, seeing as you have the key card, is there anything of note you can do on the fifth floor before you move back or up? Uh, nothing big. Mm-hmm. I would say there's nothing. There's nothing too big on the fifth floor aside from opening the doors, getting more items, and fighting more rockets. Um, oh, yeah. Besides already obtaining the card key, there isn't anything major on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, moving on, we're heading up to the sixth floor. Uh, anything of note here? Um, so, the sixth floor, um, although there isn't anything too major, um, this is one of the floors where they do have um, um, what some of the uh, Silco employees that are being held hostage. Mm-hmm. Um, and albeit you can talk to them, but they, they don't really do much. But I just thought it was interesting that this is essentially where they're keeping them. Yeah, they just sort of stand around in a state of constant panic and they are paralyzed with fear and literally only turn 90 degrees. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then um, aside from one or two people that you would find behind doors on the previous floors, there, everyone except for the director is here. Yeah. Because he's more important, so they keep him somewhere more enclosed. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about the uh, self-club employees, doesn't one of them give you a Lapras? Uh, yes, but not on this floor. No. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get to the floor that that Lapras is on soon, because it's quite uh, useful. So moving on to the next floor. Uh, yes, so the seventh floor... Um, this is the floor where, um, in order to get anything, like, in order to make progress, you have to find the war point that will bring you to the seventh floor. Um, because if you take the stairs or the elevator, um, there's still, uh, grunts that you can fight and stuff and items you can get. But the most important things are, uh, one important thing on the seventh floor is the employee that will give you the Lapras. There is a room on the seventh floor that's closed off. Um, the only way to get to it is through a war point. And, uh, yeah, you can get Lapras that way. Um, yeah. However, there is one thing that happens before you can even talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is if you take the war point uh, over into that corner, uh, Tracy is there. So as soon as you get step off the war point, he fights you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So... Uh... Wait, sorry. Uh, so do we have the rifle battle on this floor, or is that another floor? No, this is the floor where you would, where you would battle him. Right, so uh, we'll be going over that now, then. So, this is your, uh, I would say, uh, 
third last battle with him, so this is when he starts to form like an actual sort of team to challenge you and becomes like, because I quite like this sort of moment in the game where you are sort of going to, like you're still sort of, you're just sort of finished the mid game and you're moving on to the late game. This is the part of the game that I really like. Uh, so we, so this is his team. Uh, his team is quite strong at this point. I think his Pokemon are in the 40s and late 30s. So why don't we go over what his team will be like for red and blue first? Yeah, yeah, alright, um, yeah, so this is, like, when he starts forming, like, an actual team to try and, like, have his Pokemon, like, protect each other based on their types. Um, so, uh, in red and blue, uh, regardless of what starter you picked, two Pokemon he will always have is he'll always have Pidgeotto, and he will always have Alakazam. Uh... And so now, uh, based on whatever starter he has, uh, if he has Char if he has Charizard, um, he'll also have Execute and Gyarados. Mm -hmm. um, if he has Blastoise, he will also have Growlithe and Execute. Mm -hmm. And if he has Venusaur, he will also have Gyarados and Growlithe. Mm -hmm. So he likes to have a normal type, a psychic type, and then of Fire, Water, and Grass type. Yeah. Generally, the focus team. Uh. Is there, like, a... Obviously, like we said, uh, he sort of substituted out, so whatever types he didn't pick, he'll pick, and that's obviously Gyarados, uh, Arcanine, and uh, Execute, or Growlithe, or whatever it was at this stage. Yeah. Uh, so would you say there's an easiest team to have against him? Like, is there any two of his like two of his substitutes that are the easiest to face because for me in my opinion it's like uh make sure he picks blastoise because then he can't use gyarados yeah essentially if if he has uh if he if you picked uh charmander he'll have blastoise and then he'll have two basic pokemon which is growling and execute mm -hmm. um, which would be easier to deal with than gyarados um so that would make it a little easier. The only thing is that you still have to deal, you have to deal with Pidgeot, which Pidgeot is pretty strong and pretty fast. Uh, and that's something you'll have to be careful of. But as long as you have like an electric type, Pidgeot shouldn't be too much of an issue. Um, the only thing would be that his Pidgeot does have the move Whirlwind, which forces you to randomly switch your Pokemon to something else. So if you send out an electric type and don't take him out in like one turn, he'll probably use that to like get something that he can fight against. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I would say his. I would say apart from his starter, his Pidgeot is the strongest Pokemon he has right now. Pretty much second only to Alakazam. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Alakazam is the biggest issue. Yeah, well, Alakazam's sort of weak defensively, so... I mean, at least to physical defense. So, I yeah, would... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be Alakazam defenses aren't great. He's pretty fast, and his high beam will do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, he does also no recover, uh -huh. so depending on how much damage you do... Um, he can just regain his health. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have a strong enough Pokemon, that should be a problem. If you can hit him hard enough. Yeah. Uh, here's hoping, really, that you can. Uh, can so, uh, 
Moving on to his yellow team, which will also have its differences depending on uh, which Eevee you had his Eevee evolve into. Yeah, yeah, so his yellow team's actually quite different. Mm -hmm. um, two Pokemon that regardless of which Eevee he had, um, he will always have Sandslash, mm -hmm. and he'll always have Kadabra. Mm -hmm. So he actually has a Kadabra, not an Alakazam. Um, but otherwise, uh, if he has Jolteon, he'll also have Ninetales and Cloyster. Mm -hmm. um, if he has Flareon, he will have Cloyster and Magneton. And if he has Vaporeon, he will have Magneton and Ninetales. Mm -hmm. um, so what's what's different about this one is that he doesn't care about grass types, and instead he focuses on electric. So yeah. he still has. Uh, he also doesn't care about normal either. It just goes out instead. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh like we say he doesn't care about grass types, but he will add a grass type to his team uh, later on in yellow. Uh, so any sort of tips or stuff to watch out for with his yellow team? Um, now, the thing with his yellow team is that there, I guess it doesn't really matter, per se, which uh, um, evolution he has because he doesn't use any basics. Yeah. So that alone makes it a little bit harder in yellow. Yeah. Um you will sand slash is not as much of an issue as pitchy yeah um as long as you use a water grass type sand slash is easy um you'll still have to watch out for cadabra but he's not as strong as alakazam yeah um i really think uh cloister will probably be an issue because cloister has very high defense mm -hmm. um, so he can be he can be hard to take out unless you use pikachu uh -huh. depending on how strong your Pikachu is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I would say that, uh, like, I was going to say, like with Gyarados, uh, his Water-type substitute is fully evolved at this point, which makes it, again, extremely dangerous and sort of, like, reinf in my opinion, reinforces the idea that you should sort of push him towards uh, using a Water-type as his ace, so to speak. Uh... But anyway, is that all we have for our rival this time around? Yeah, so once you fight him and you beat him, then he'll let you go. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I think you're ready to uh, face what's up ahead. Because, you know, he was, he was just quote-unquote testing you or whatever. <laughs> um, and then you can talk to the employee and get Lapras. Yeah. Uh, so, Lapras is actually one of my favorite ever Pokemon. Uh Lapras is, uh, like, I don't know about in Generation 1, but I know in sort of later generations, Lapras has really good stats and sort of is overall a really good Pokemon. Would you recommend adding this Lapras to our team? Um, yeah, if you don't have, um, a water type, or you kind of just have, like, a placeholder water type yeah. that you have on your team just to have a water type, Lapras is a good choice, because albeit Lapras doesn't evolve... Lapras is very strong. Yeah. Um, and has good defenses too. So Lapras is definitely worth having because I do also really like Lapras. Lapras is a great Pokemon. It's <laughs> it, it's got a great design. It's a dinosaur, and dinosaurs are cool. So mm. I think Lapras. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge fan of Lapras. Uh, 
I discovered Lapras. I can't actually remember where I discovered Lapras. I think it was perhaps from a pre-owned copy of Pokemon, and they still had their data. So they had like lots of Generation three and four. I think it was like Pokemon Diamond. So I had a lot of gener early generation Pokemon. I think that's where I discovered Lapras. So I just fell in love with it. I just thought it was so amazing. So I love Lapras. Uh, so I would definitely say add it to your team. If you got a Squirtle, chuck that one in the bin and replace it with Lapras. That's how much I like it. <laughs> but obviously don't do that. I like Lapras because of the show. When in the show when Ash had one, Lapras was great though. I don't think he ever used Lapras in battle. It was more just he used Lapras to get around. But well, Lapras I did. Was always cool well, I didn't even know he had a Lapras. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the show, I don't remember how he got it, but he did have one, and it was mostly just to get around. I don't think it ever really fought. I think it was very rare. Um, but I just thought it would always be cool to like ride a Lapras around the ocean stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, if that's all for this floor, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, yes, let's see here. So, the... What was it? Eight? Eight. Um, so, on the eighth floor, uh, I think it goes back to not having anything major go on on the eighth floor. Mm-hmm. But nothing, nothing crazy. Um very manageable is uh aside from uh just some rooms where you can talk to another employee and a bunch of points um because this is around the time when you would have to experiment with work points in order to get up to the highest floors because mm -hmm. i believe albeit the elevator does go all the way up to 11 um you can't get into the yeah. more important unless you experiment with the work points yeah, which, as someone studying it, I say that's just bad interior design. Uh, they need to demolish the whole building and start again. I think it's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, did they have it like this before Team Rocket showed up? Like, how did the employees get around? Yeah, well, like, that's that, crazy. Well, it's <laughs> like the president of the company is on the 11th floor anyway, so it's like, how... So it's like, oh, sir, I need you to sign this paperwork. And it's like they can't actually get into his office, so they have to take a warp point, and then it warps them to outside the man's bathroom or something. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the warp points are labeled or anything, so yeah. you're really just taking guesses if you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And it, obviously it's like uh, we've had... 30 years to play this game and get used to where all the warp points go and we don't have it so I don't know how the hell these people have so anyway moving on what's next um so the ninth floor um through the stairs if you take the stairs or elevator it's nothing too special but if you find a warp point that brings you to the ninth floor um there is a room you can go into where there's a woman that will let you heal your pokemon mm-hmm Ah, uh, very um, and useful. This is the only spot in the building where you can do that, so you don't have to leave to do that. Yeah, uh, very useful, obviously, to uh, if you have been fighting every grunt and sort of scientist that you've had at this point. Also, you've just had your rifle battles, so again, very useful uh, point. Anyway, <laughs> on to the tenth floor. All right, so. Um... Yeah, the 10th floor goes back to being nothing too special with some items, some grunts, and some warp points. Mm 
Um, it's probably one of the smaller rooms or one of the smaller floors because it seems to me the last two, 10 and 11, are like the smaller floors in yeah. buildings. Very tall. That the air gets thin, so. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, and we mentioned, obviously, that for the 11th floor, you can take the elevator up there, but it won't, like, let you get onto the 11th floor. Uh, and I don't think there is a door you can unlock with the car key either, so I think you need to access it via warp point. So, what, yeah. fo- so yeah. what floor is the warp point that gets you there located on? Hello? Hold on. It's on the... On the seventh floor. Uh-huh. So... Uh, Bring any... you to the point that will give you access to the eleventh floor. Yeah. Uh, so, hit a warp point on the seventh floor and you'll be to the eleventh floor, which is the final floor. And we have a boss battle on this floor in red and blue, and we have another and we have two in yellow so seeing as there's two in yellow we'll go over the first one in yellow which is jesse and james they are back again yep so when you work to the 11th floor you use the card key to open the door and as soon as you do jesse and james show up and you have to battle them again mm-hmm. um in which they have the same three pokemon they've always had which is arbuck wheezing and Meow. Yes. Um, so you just have to fight them again. <laughs> yes, they should prepare for trouble and watch as you make a double, because using pretty much any ground or psychic type will ensure they blast off yet again. So, <laughs> so... Exactly. exactly. It's just like the show. You, you feel like you've fought them a thousand times now, Yeah. and it's never anything crazy. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like we said, uh, Again, psychic ground types are good, fighting type good for Meowth, but realistically seeing as Meowth, Meowth is uh, not evolved, it will be the easiest one of the three of them to take down. Uh, so, that's pretty much Jesse and James dealt with. So, we now move on to the last foe you have to face in the building, Giovanni. Uh, he is back again with a stronger team, so why don't we cover his red and blue team first? Okay. Um, yeah, so Giovanni, when you fight him, he's got four Pokemon. Uh, he'll, he has Nidorino, Rhyhorn, Kangaskhan, and Nidoqueen. Mm-hmm. Are his trusty four. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, I really think this battle isn't too crazy in this game, as long as you have the proper weaknesses, I really don't think any of them are going to be too hard to deal with. Yeah. Uh, Nido King and Nido Queen are quite powerful, but because they are part ground type as well as poison type, they are weak to like water and ice, so Lapras again would be a great way to take them down, already proving its extraordinary levels of use and why it's better than Bulbasaur. (laughs) Uh... Yep, uh, and again, oh. Giovanni does specialise in sort of ground types, so water and grass are the best against him, so uh, is that all we really have to say on his red and blue team? Um, for the most part, yeah, as long as you have Lapras, he's, like, his two strongest Pokemon, which is Nido Queen and, like, Rhyhorn, like, they, they lose, if you, he's Lapras, she can pretty much take down both of them. 
Yeah, so I would say just do that, uh, even if you have Bulbasaur, and even Venusaur can be quite good uh, in some respect, because it will resist the poison-type moves of his Nido Queen. So, uh, Yellow Team is slightly different, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the only difference being instead of Kangaskhan, he has Persian. Yeah. Um, but his other three Pokemon are the same, and still need a Rito Rhyhorn and Needle Queen. Yeah. Uh, so, Persian, uh, would you, who would you say is more dangerous, Persian or Needle Queen? Um, I would say Needle Queen is more dangerous. Um, not only because Needle Queen, not um, Persian or Needle Queen, sorry. Not Persian or Needle Queen, I meant Persian or Kangaskhan. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, wait, why did um, I say Nido Queen? <laughs> what? No, I was thinking, wait, why did I say Nido Queen? He has it on his team regardless. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, no, so, Persian or Kangaskhan, which one would you say is more deadly, difficult to deal with, etc.? Um, so, I would say, I would say Kangaskhan is more of a threat than Persian. Only because uh, I'm pretty sure Kangaskhan can take more hits than Persian can. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I feel like he's stronger, and you also have to be weary of like really the only movie he has that you really have to be weary of is Comet Punch, just because that's one of Kangaskhan's like signature moves that can hit up to like five times and can do decent damage if it hits that many times. Now I would actually argue that. Persian is stronger than Kangaskhan because of the fact how in Generation 1 critical moves are calculated via a speed stat and Persian is one of the fastest Pokemon in Generation 1 um, and it does run and it can learn uh, critical moves that have a higher chance to actually land a critical uh, so I would say if it does score a critical hit it can be quite dangerous but Unlike Kangaskhan, it is less bulky, so it is easier to take down. Uh, anyway, so, you beat Giovanni, and then what do you get? Um, so when you beat Giovanni, you talk to the director in the, in the room, and he gives you uh, one of the best items in the game, which is the Master Ball. <laughs> uh, Master Ball is an item that appears in every game. Uh, it's basically the ultimate Pokeball. It can catch any wild Pokemon without fail. Even if your sh even if your throw misses, it will still catch it somehow. So, <laughs> uh, although I say that in the game where you actually get to throw Pokeballs, uh, the Master Ball throws itself. So, uh, anyway, that's it really for Silphco, and that's it for this episode. Uh, we have just spent about 35 minutes talking about one building in Saffron City. So I imagine that we're going to spend more time there than we did in Celadon City. Uh, would you like to plug your YouTube before you go? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my YouTube channel is uh, Chaos Roy, C-H-A-O-S-R-O-Y, where I talk about all kinds of gaming stuff and anything and you. Uh, anyone listening, check me out. We greatly appreciate it. Yep. Uh, 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Chapter by Chapter. New episodes are out every Saturday. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can also subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, like, dislike, etc. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Information on that will be in the description for wherever you're watching. Uh, we are currently running a prize poll where you have a chance to win a copy of Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow. Your choice. Uh... If you go into our, if you go onto our Patreon and select one of the higher tiers, you can get the, uh, you will be entered into that prize draw automatically, uh, but you can also alternatively pay us via, like, pay to enter the sort of raffle for it. Details on that will be on our Twitter, at chapterbychat1, so we look forward to seeing when you enter that. Uh, but thank you for joining us for another episode, and we hope to see you again next time. Bye!